Welcome to the Bitcoin Basics podcast with your hosts, Faris and Gordon from CoinCompass.com, enabling you to safely buy and securely store your Bitcoins. All resources are in the show notes and description, including our disclaimer. Visit BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com to subscribe and discover other free content. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bitcoin Basics Podcast. You're here with your hosts, Ferris and Gordon. Today is the 10th of May, and the price of Bitcoin is $59,030. That is 1,694 Satoshis per dollar. The block height is 682,884. And Gordon, good to see you again. Well, okay. it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what is our topic right now? Well, I want to ask you first, what is the price of NFT? Everyone keeps on asking me. <laughs> yeah, I actually had this conversation very recently. Um, what does NFT stand for? I'm even drawing a blank right now. Non-fungible token. Thank you. It tells you how much attention I've been paying to it. Uh, all right. So non-fungible token is um, actually, Gordon, how about you give the tech um, definition and I'll see if I can give a layman's definition. Sure. I actually think Wikipedia gives the uh, best definition of a non-fungible token. So a non-fungible token, NFT, is a unit of data sorted on a digital ledger called a blockchain that certifies a digital asset to be unique and therefore not interchangeable. NFTs can be used to represent items such as photos, videos, audios, and other types of digital files, access to the, any copy of the original. However, and this is probably the main point, however, it's not restricted to the buyer of the NFT. While copies of these digital items are available for anyone to obtain, NFTs are tracked on the blockchain to provide the owner with proof of ownership that is separate to copyright. Clear as mud. Okay. So I think the best example to give for this was when Jack Dorsey sold his first tweet for $2.9 million as an NFT. So I'm on Twitter. I can just actually go to Jack Dorsey, scroll to his first tweet. I can screenshot it. I can get it printed and frame it. Essentially, this person's bought that, but what they bought is they bought that tweet directly from Jack Dorsey, where all I did was go to his Twitter feed, copy, download, do it myself. Jack Dorsey sold the rights of his first tweet to this person. So they can prove that transaction from Jack Dorsey to this person. Uh, In the art world, this is called provenance. So it's basically saying you're proving that the ownership and um, the transaction history of a piece of art. So, uh, and this is before any gallery needs to put on, say, a Rembrandt. Someone walks in with a Rembrandt. They they actually have to track that history. How did this person end up with a Rembrandt? You know, in their cellar. How do we know it's not a fake? So they actually have to trace every single time that Rembrandt changed hands and prove it. So, to me, this is what these NFTs are doing now: is just showing a digital provenance. That's my understanding of it. That's my take on it. That's a, yeah, I think that's correct, Faris. And I think the example of Jack Dorsey's signature is a good example. So for example, he um, signed a tweet or or there was some sort of, um, I, to, to be honest, I'm not sure what it was. Was it a screenshot? What actually was it? Uh, let me have a look. Hang on a sec. 
So the idea is that, you know, anyone could perhaps go back in his history or find a copy of that screenshot. So there may be multiple copies of that particular screenshot of his first tweet, but someone has actually purchased the proof of ownership called an NFT to say, I hold the original sign endorsed by Jack Dorsey tweet. Yeah. So I'll have a look. I'm reading here. Um, So NFTs are digital assets, including JPEGs and video clips that can be bought and sold just like physical assets. Since they run on a blockchain, a decentralized digital ledger that documents transactions, ownership and validity of each can be tracked. So I will put a link to where I just read this article. So what I just read on Wikipedia two minutes ago. Yeah, basically that's, Mm. that's what it is. So by bidding on Jack Dorsey's first tweet of history and Elon Musk's NFT, I wanted to emphasize the importance of NFTs on the future of crypto and tech sphere. This is one of the bidders, bidders, sorry, whose name is Sina Istavi. He's a CEO of Bridge Oracle. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. So before we, and, and we're two guys talking about something we don't know a heck of a lot about. Uh, I don't know about you, Ferris, but I haven't bought any NFTs lately. Um, perhaps in the definition, non-fungible token, you could explain to us what fungibility means in terms of money and then in terms of Bitcoin. So fungibility is just basically transferring from one entity to another. So if me and Gordon were living, say, in the United States, um, we'd be using US dollars because I can just literally hand him US dollars. But right now we're not. I am in New Zealand and Gordon is, can you just pick a country, Gordon? Because I know you don't like doxing yourself. I'm in um, Ethiopia. Uh, Great. So I've got to figure out what the Ethiopian currency is. (laughs) I'm in London. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I'm in New Zealand and Gordon is in London. Now, there is no fungible transaction between the two of us. Um, and this is just presuming Bitcoin doesn't exist. So I can't send him New Zealand dollars. So there is no fungibility between us other than Bitcoin because he has a Bitcoin wallet and I do. So that's what it is. So fungibility is proof of transaction and essentially this is what NFTs are doing is they're making um, digital art fungible. So if I were to give Bitcoin um, a work of art to Gordon, I'd physically have to hand him that art. I can't physically hand him a Twitter feed. I can't physically hand him something digital. This is what NFTs do. They allow that fungibility and that proof of transaction. Okay. So there's a couple of issues with that. Uh, Firstly, um, I guess the idea is to prove some sort of authenticity. Um, Multiple people could have copies of it, but I guess to prove that you have the original. And by the way, there was something ridiculous, like I'm going to get the number wrong, but it was millions of dollars of some sort of digital art that was sold uh, last month. There's been uh, NBA have got their own uh, NFT shop. I forget what it's called. And they've done like millions of dollars worth. Uh, NBATopshot.com has done $340 million of sales in the last six months. That's incredible. Um, And according to DeFiPulse.com, which tracks all this stuff, there is currently, I don't know where they get this figure, $54 billion locked in 
decentralized finance uh, smart contracts, mostly Ethereum, of course. So this is a pretty big deal. Um, I think the first example of this was CryptoKitties. I don't if if you guys were around in 2015 or remember, there was a, a project called CryptoKitties whereby you could uh, breed digital pets and uh, you could purchase, you know, whatever. And that were basically the first kind of NFTs. That was sort of unique. And that completely destroyed the Ethereum blockchain. For about two days, you couldn't transact or, or do anything. Hence the Ethereum scaling problems. So um, I think that's, that's pretty much it, Faris. Uh, will you buy NFTs? Uh, do they make any sense? Why couldn't someone like Christie's or some sort of auction house just use a database or, or some sort of centralized ledger to keep track of who owns what? Well, I think that's what they do already. But, um, and this is the thing, when you have an emerging technology like blockchain, you never know what's going to last, what's going to be the Amazon and what's going to be the pets.com. So this is why people are just speculating and stuff like this, because it, it could lead to something big or it could just completely fizzle out. So no one knows, but people are just happy to speculate. So NFTs are the new ICOs? Oh, no, I'm not going near them. Oh, oh. If I had something, if I had some artwork that I created myself that was worth people buying, then yeah, I'd sell something as an NFT. I'm just not interested in buying something. If I'm going to buy something, I actually want to, uh, I like proof of work. I like to see that the, the artist actually put some work into it. So, which I suppose what people would say about Twitter and, you know, buying his first tweet, I can see that, but. I'm but what if they did put work into it and then sold it as an NFT? Yes, but as an NFT, it's still you're selling the digital component. You're not selling the physical component. But what if it was digital art created digitally and it took years to make? <laughs> well, people can invest in that. That's fine. And again, all, all economic principles are run on um, the greater full principle. Why am I buying Bitcoin today? Because I presume in the future someone will buy Bitcoin at a higher price. It's a greater full principle. It's how the markets work. You're just presuming there's a greater fool than yourself who will buy in the future at a higher price. Yeah, I, I think for artists and, you know, musicians, you know, fantastic, sell your, sell your artwork and music, whatever, it's great. But I think it's a fad. I think it's the next ICO bubble. And that's what we're experiencing right now. Last but not least, Faris, does Bitcoin, because I mean, everyone's talking about Ethereum and smart contracts and NFTs, ICOs, and all other three-letter acronyms. What about Bitcoin? Can you have NFTs on Bitcoin? Yeah, I don't see why you can't, because when you send a Bitcoin from one person to another, you can actually have a message in there. You can include attachments. So um, I, don't, I don't see why you couldn't. I mean, that's a question for you, Gordon. I know. I was asking myself. You can actually send a message with a Bitcoin transaction, as Faris said, but that doesn't really prove that you own something. It just proves that you have a link to something. Mm -hmm. um, there is a project, and it's an open source project, and we're not sponsored by them, um, called Sovereign, S-O-V-R-Y-N.app. And it is actually fantastic because it's basically replicating what Ethereum is doing, smart contracts, NFCs, ICOs, but on the Bitcoin blockchain. So, sorry, it's not on the Bitcoin blockchain, but it's sort of a layer above or on the side of the Bitcoin blockchain. Mm -hmm. So similar to the Lightning Network, how the Lightning Network is basically Bitcoin's way of scaling fast transactions. Um, 
it's not a business. It's actually an open source project. Sovereign is actually trying to replicate smart contracts and NFTs on Bitcoin so that, um, yeah, you can basically have the same functionality as Ethereum. And also the Liquid Network as well. We've talked about Liquid before, Blockstream Liquid. You can actually create NFTs on Liquid as well. So I think it's fascinating. All this innovation is amazing. You know, some of it's garbage and some of it's hype, but some of this innovation is fantastic. And what Bitcoin's going to do, it's just like a big giant monster that's sort of with several arms and, you know, um, grabs things from here, grabs things from there. It basically just gets the good ideas and it will either incorporate it into Bitcoin or more likely there'll be all these layers, what we call layer two or side chains or whatever we call it, that will basically enable all this functionality of all the altcoins with Bitcoin. Yeah, so this is where I, yeah, you know, prefer. I see the value in Bitcoin of it's solid and it has. I can understand the fundamentals behind it. Trying to understand Ripple and Ethereum to me, it's just, you know, it's not worth it. I can see why tech guys just salivate over it, but from a financial economic point of view, it they just know the um, practical. Sorry, not the practicalities, the fundamentals, principles that Bitcoin has. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Faris. If you have a question for us or anything that you'd like us to cover, head across to bitcoinbasics.help. You'll find all our latest podcasts, social media, YouTube videos, and even a link to ask us a question. We'll enter it on a show. So Faris, will you be going out there and buying any NFTs or are you just going to stick with the boring old Bitcoin gold 2.0? You already asked me that. For people listening, and obviously me and Gordon just never listen to each other on the show. <laughs> no, that was the last no, podcast. I'm not, I'm not buying any NFTs. Right. Uh, Sticking the Bitcoin. Fair enough. Thanks, Faris. See you next episode. All right. Cheers. Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit coincompass.com slash free to register to our socials and discover other free content. Subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain ad-free. Until next time. Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.